Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts and friends, Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. Uh, Together, the three of us are going to break down a five-game slate on Wednesday night. We've definitely seen better slates in the NHL over its history, but... uh, Sometimes these yeah. are <laughs> sometimes these are the ones that uh, end up, you know, they surprising you one way or another. Maybe you can cash a big ticket on on a on something nuts. Um, all right, we'll start with Penguins and Habs off the top. Pittsburgh on the second night of a back to back is minus one sixty two on the road. Montreal plus one thirty six and a total of six and a half. Uh, the best adjective, I guess the um kindest adjective that we've heard Nick assign to these Montreal Canadiens so far this season is scrappy. And uh, is that enough here, Nick, to take on a Penguins team that uh, is, is in a tough schedule spot, is struggling and, and is banged up? Yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not doing the pens here. I think a uh, tough spot. Canadians have been scrappy. My look here, if I was just going to put one out there would be the tie. It feels like just, one of these ones where Montreal loves to just hang around and get to the tie. Um, and I am interested to see how it goes tonight for Pittsburgh. Because, I mean, like Tim says, one game. But I think last week, every time you said that, Tim, it was really, really interesting the way the first game of the of the back-to-back went. So, I mean, like, what, what happens if Pittsburgh lose tonight? Do the wheels just fall out? Um, I don't know. I, I, I just look at this. I think it looks like a fair price on a spot that's a little dicey. If I were to really get on this too, it would probably be in some sort of a fashion prop-wise on the Penguins, um, just because they're looking so reliant on their top guys. You get Montreal, even if it is back-to-back, I think all those guys could be liable to do something. You've got Drew O'Connor and Pusinen up in the top six. Uh, so those are kind of the angles I'd have, but I think if I punt on this game, it'll be on the tie. <laughs> You going Mike or me? <laughs> I got nothing here, honestly. Like I, I, I really have this nothing. This is just a trash game. It's a, it's a like, tough game. I don't game. need to see just, what just, it's just. Yeah. It'll, it'll wish, be played. I wish uh, Pittsburgh was going like from Arizona to <laughs> Montreal. I was like, can we get some, some sort of reason? I, I think um, Nick, I appreciate you throwing me the bone there on uh you have to see the first half of the back to back. That was uh, when the, the hurricanes um, almost let up a 50 spot. Um, last week, so um, I think the but you angle... know what though, actually, it still kind of screwed us. I think because everyone was yeah. thinking they'd you know bounce back after that embarrassment in Calgary, and then they lost. So hand up, that was me. Um, <laughs> the the uh, I will say uh, an interesting angle is we obviously know that the, the Pittsburgh power play has struggled, and we have yet to see them play Arizona on Tuesday night, but. The Canadians have one of the bottom five uh, PKs in the league. So just off percentage. So maybe like reason for them to get cooking. I, I don't know. I, I don't really want to touch it at all. I've predicted that power play goal for the Pens comes tonight versus the Yotes. So we'll see. I'll be <laughs> dangerous game, Nick. Not saying they don't give up a short end goal. Too. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it'll be Alex Nedeljkovic in goal for uh, Pittsburgh in this one too. So, uh, you know, a little, little dicey there as we all expect his numbers to trend back down towards earth. Um, so yeah, not, not the most exciting game to bet on. Uh, Someone's winning at three, two in overtime, right? Yeah, it's just, exactly. It's happen. Well, uh, also too, Pittsburgh generates a lot of shots, right? So is there a way to get at, you know, and I think we've played Montembeau over uh, one too many times, but get out of player. Um, you know, I feel, I feel bad when there's just nothing. <laughs> there's just nothing. That's yeah, tough. Caulfield um, overtime winner. And then everyone just goes to Barbados. <laughs> the, uh, the next game, um, this is a fun one to handicap, even if, if you don't come out of here with a bet. The Bruins and Devils in New Jersey at the Rock. Devils coming home after the Western Canada swing. Boston as a minus 105 uh, road underdog. Banged up. No Charlie McAvoy. No Pavel Zaka. Devils, um, th- with their, they've been playing fine uh, without Dougie Hamilton in terms of like their overall process. But the goaltending is still very frightening. Um, they're laying minus 115 at home. Total six. The goaltending is so scary here, Tim, because we know that this Bruins team does such a good job of um, raising both the floor and ceiling for its goaltenders. Meanwhile, the Devils, um, you, they are a team that can completely dominate you and, and lose a game 5-2 because Banachek and, and Schmid just haven't found uh, their consistency at all this season. Neither one of them has, has taken a, uh, the reins of that job, so... I think I can, with the injuries, be convinced to kind of look past the, the goaltending deficiencies from New Jersey here. So um, I guess do do your best to try to pull me over the line. Um, I already bet New Jersey. I like New Jersey in this one. Uh, the injuries put me over. I haven't loved the Bruins game the last like two and a half weeks or so. They They don't look like the world beaters they were to start the year. And I think that while it's a great, um, you know, it's a, it's a great quality about your team and that they have great goaltending. It's really what has got them to this record. And I don't know if that's the, you know, like the sole reason of why I'd want to, like, if you're looking to back the Bruins here, you're just saying, you know, they've been good, really good in the regular season past two years and their goaltending's better. But like, I think the goaltending is kind of an indictment on the rest of the team hasn't, played too too well and i worry about boston down the middle and especially with zaka out they've had patra in and out of the lineup he's cooled off significantly i really worry about them down the middle new jersey is definitely stronger than boston in the middle of the ice so i'll take my chances there yeah i think that was really really well said by tim i don't think they're an 18 5 and 3 team right now i do think this was a team people thought were going to come down to earth now they've got zach out of the like i mean the main reason people thought they might regress was because like tim said didn't look as good down the middle now you've got zach out of the lineup that that concern is really raised um so their main edge here would really just be the goaltending but otherwise i think the devils actually have a roster edge in this game um and you look at it for Boston, it really has been a pretty modest run of play. They had the awful games versus Detroit, New York, and Columbus, where they gave up a million goals. Then they get the huge win. They get the win over the Sharks, where they're the biggest favorite of the season at home. And then they won that Leafs game that could have gone either way. They gave up 40 shots in that matchup. Um, and then I look at it, they've got Columbus. They they lose to Buffalo in a game Buffalo slapped them. And I know that's 
whatever. It's kind of a big spot for Buffalo, I guess. Whatever you want to say. It was in Boston, and Buffalo clearly was the better team. And then the Yotes were scrappy with them on Saturday, which seemed a little uncharacteristic. I I went on the Yotes team total to go under in that game, and I was pretty disappointed with the way Boston defended because it was a very fair loss. Um, so I agree. I really just don't think they look like that team that's way better than everyone else right now. Like, I don't think it's like Vegas, Rangers, Bruins, and then everyone else. It feels like they are kind of about to show like they're with the pack. So I don't want to bet them in this spot without two of their best players i just i hate going off the de- going on the devils right now where it feels like a dump in could get in the net but um <laughs> I, I think it's the right play i think they'll you know play to their price here and uh and show out pretty well and the other thing with the devils they've gotten livable goaltending <laughs> and then and to also like we've talked about it but you know since he sure's come back, the Devils like underlying numbers are really, really good. They're pretty much caving teams in, and and uh, aside from that Kraken game and, and the tough spot in Edmonton, but I still think this is going to be a really good team. So, yeah, it feels like kind of Devils are pass here. It's just uh, I hate these games where you just know it's going to be a complete goaltending mismatch. You could lose on that. Yeah. Uh... And Boston's overall statistical profile is just not th- that impressive. Like you said, they're not an 18, five and three team. If you just were to look at their numbers. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel. Did I push you? Did I, I think you so. Yeah. Let's do the, let's do the devils uh, here as a uh, slight, okay. home, slight home favorite at the rock. Um, all right. Game of the night. First game I ever went to actually was a ducks Islanders game. Um, Nassau Coliseum. Nineteen nineteen twenty. Nineteen nineteen oh seven. Twelve years before I was shipped off to World War One. Uh, <laughs> got out of there. Got out of there in one piece. Um, the Ducks are a uh, plus one ninety uh, underdog. Isles minus two thirty is a favorite, and the total six. You're just not going to bet. Find many people that are going to want to lay this kind of wood with the Islanders. Um, as well as they've been playing considering the uh the roster limitations here uh robert bortuzzo has now played two games with the islanders mike riley has played a handful now after only playing two with the florida panthers for the first couple months of the season before putting on waivers so they're they're working in new pieces uh it would be ducks or nothing i do have two long shot bets here that i like rather than play a side because i like the ducks aren't getting goaltending either and and they're going to be going up against perhaps the best goaltending team in the in the NHL, because um, you look at Anaheim's five on five numbers, they're not bad. Uh, I think they have like a minus over their last fifteen games. It's a minus one point nine expected goal differential and a minus twenty three actual uh, goal differential. So some positive regression should come for this team. They haven't finished either. The injuries are tough with McTavish out and uh, Zegers and whatever. So it's just it's it's not a great situation for the Ducks. But um, I do think that sprinkling Ross Johnston as an anytime goal scorer here you'll find a huge number uh and his return to the island it's actually <laughs> yeah, worth it it's actually worth the shot uh it just it, it's, it's it's how many goals does he get a year like two not even no no not even close i think he's got like eight in his career but he, this is just that it's we saw ryan carpenter do it against the rangers the other night for the sharks it, it, okay he, he should it would get be a, an islanders thing to happen right i mean what just happened on monday night 
that you just yeah you that saw? guy gets like 40 goals a year and i know but you so. but the, the fashion that it happens in right like it's like <laughs> yeah. this weird stuff happens weird stuff this is not just a uh, hockey thing whenever you bring an island into play it's college football as well weird stuff happens on the island um so I actually this this is much more of a gut play than the second one I'm going to give out. I actually like Mike Riley though as an anytime goal scorer. He's just firing the puck uh, for the Islanders right now. Um, he's playing really well. Uh, they pair like to pair him up a lot with the Barzell line. Those two work really well together. Great skater running the second power play for the Islanders. Power play has been good. He's already got a goal with them. Um, and he's yeah like I said he's he's getting three four <laughs> five shots a night uh, from from the blue line. Had a couple good looks against the Leafs. So. Um, he he was thirteen or fourteen to one against the Leafs uh, the other night, so a number like that I think is actually worth it. Um, anything here, Nick? I lean with the Ducks. Like I start to think, and it seems insane to me. Like when I hear something like you tell me that the, the um, Isles are seven one and two in their last ten games, how does that seem possible? I feel like every night we're talking about how they collapse to the <laughs> worst team in the league. Um, they've shot thirteen point two percent over the last month. Your Isles have like that. That just it feels like that's coming down to earth. I mean, well, it's because they were shooting like 4.6 for for a month straight before. Right. But they've they've shot 13.2 percent and they're getting a 917 save percentage in that span. So that's not sustainable. And I think it shows with the play, because when you look at the play, it hasn't been entirely convincing. So uh, I don't love betting on the Ducks, but it might be the play. So I think the interesting thing with the Isles is how much better will their defense be moving forwards? Because they've gotten Riley now. They've gotten Bertuzzo. It's been pretty bad. I think I look at that as the area that you'd want to improve on the most. Um, but it's tough. So, yeah, I think the case is there for uh, the Ducks. Yeah, still no Pelic, still no Polak, still no Ajo for the Islanders in all likelihood. The, and, and the Islanders are still addicted to blowing leads. So if Anaheim looks feisty down uh, one or two in the third period, yeah, pull out the app and uh, maybe a little live wager on them, just the way it's been going for for the Islanders. Funny thing you say about Mike Riley. Like, I think he also did this when he first got traded to the Bruins. He was like nearly a point a game guy playing like 22 minutes a night. And then all of a sudden he was scrizzed just, you know, uh, and, and he fell off a cliff. I mean, barely played after that. But one more thing I'll add. Anaheim, don't love the schedule for them as well. They went at. Colorado and at Chicago back home and now back all the way East. Like, so like, I have, I feel to, like this is the fourth time they've come on the East coast. Yeah. I mean, like I wanted to get at the Islanders kind of like let down spot after the big, like Tavares night and overtime. And they've had a good little stretch here beating LA and Toronto, but like this, I'm like this Islanders team, there's still a team that lost to the Kraken, still a team that lost to the sharks, but Anaheim is, um, I, I hate the travel for them. I hate it. Hate it. You know where I could see your aisles letting down is Saturday in Montreal. Yeah, they play the Bruins Friday, and then the second night is in Montreal. So, oh, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> look out. We'll, um, get, we'll get Montreal like plus one fifteen, though. That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the game. Also, it ends a, a pretty long home stand uh, for the Isles too. So, a tricky spot. Sabers and Avs next in Colorado. Buffalo traveling is a plus one eighty underdog. The Avalanche. Minus two fifteen and a total six and a half. Colorado with some fun drama uh, last night after everyone went to bed. They played a crazy game against the Flames, and then uh, Miko ranted and lashed out um, at Arturi Lekkinen's dad. Uh, called said that a Finnish teammate's dad 
made fun of his work ethic in the summer or something because Arturi Lekkonen's dad is a uh, a pundit in Finland. Uh, so that's a fun little um, thing to Especially work. Especially bad look because you know that Lekkonen, Arturi probably told him that uh, he was thinking he was a little checked out on that front, I'd yep. assume. I don't know. Doesn't, you know, that's kind of those one of those smoldering things just to keep an eye on um, in Colorado, a team that, that kind of feels like it's been teetering on uh, like on the precipice of, of actually hitting a, a significant hurdle. So if that's the thing that, that pushes them, the other thing too is like Jared Bednar is playing his top guys, like 26 minutes a night, not just defensemen right now. He's playing McKinnon. He's playing Rantanen. He's playing um, Nachushkin. I think they all played over 25 minutes against the flames the other night. Um, Six out of their 12 forwards played under 12 minutes. That's a little scary as well. They've been banged up. That's not a good way to to keep guys fresh for what will be a... Um, well, and they're chasing because their goalie's falling apart. Yeah, yeah. And it's... uh, it's it's I don't know. Like it, The more I think about it, the more I could see myself playing Buffalo here as a... Like we, like we said, like there's still a team that, despite their struggles, should be able to punch up okay as a big underdog because of the, the scoring talent they get. And... Uh, against Colorado, who doesn't have the depth to just dominate every minute of a game, it, it becomes a little hairy here. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I like Buffalo. I, I was on the over here. I think it, it is a good look. I actually wouldn't be surprised to see them look to Prozvitov here because it's just Georgiev after a good start. Is just and they got a back-to-back wreck. coming too, so you might want to get get him the, the start before. Well, it feels game. like one you just do it yep. no matter what because it's like that Calgary games. Oof. Um yep. So I mean, do I count on Buffalo being able to shut down those uh, top top Avs guys? I don't know. This just feels like one that can break open both ways for me. I I like the over six and a half. I think I've been getting burned on these versus Buffalo just the way they've changed up their playing style. But I think if you can get the offense going, you got Tage back in there. It's looking a little more respectable. Maybe you get some softies. Um, and Devin Levi's kind of getting going, but. I don't know. It's just, I, I think I see both sides, but I think something like where both teams just get to three or a five, three final looks pretty likely. So I like that play. I think also you could go back to Ranton and following that up. You talked about his usage and it's a good role or a good matchup game could be sneaky close. I, I don't hate that as like a chalkier option. Yeah, I was, I loved when I saw Nick that you, uh, you tracked the over because I think you said it well too, in that the game script for, regard for both outcomes here i think we see scoring on on both ways that we could talk ourselves into buffalo or talk ourselves into colorado if buffalo's not winning unless they score four you know you feel like and then at that point you'll take your chances with colorado you know get doing their job and getting there with you know buffalo not being the uh the, the stiffest on defense i mean and when colorado loses like it's not ugly but they it's because of you know, porous defense and net minding. Like, you know, I look at just at their schedule here, the last five games they've lost, other teams scored four goals, four goals, four goals, four goals, five goals. So, you know, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. Yeah, and I do think there are a couple interesting notes on the Sabres right now. Um, I mean, is Eric Robinson actually going to be a game changer? He's kind of sparked the lineup a little bit here. I thought it was a com- Eric Robinson, complete nothing move. He's he's been good for them. He's kind of injected a little energy. And then the other one, Owen Power has really been playing great alongside Johnson, uh, Ryan Johnson. So that's interesting. I think they have to leave that duo together after the way they crumpled our poor Yotes last night. Um, 
so like maybe is this the time the Sabres are kind of starting to figure some stuff out, maybe maybe turn it around a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of willing to bet on them getting some offense here, hopefully. So it's kind of a fun game, actually. Probably one of the ones I'm more excited about on this slate. Just just behind oh, Tiles gonna... and Ducks. Yeah, no, I can't watch the Isles versus the Ducks. <laughs> Colorado's um, got an interesting stretch here coming up. It's Buffalo, Winnipeg, San Jose, Chicago, Ottawa, Arizona, Arizona, St. Louis, San Jose. Like they, if they, they have to clean up here in like with the way they've been using uh, their stars at the ice time leave off. Like they got to clean up and then coast it in for a little bit because yeah, then they could figure their things formula. out. Yeah, I just looked at their to make playoff odds just to see because if you're buying on Buffalo, now might be the time. Uh, I'm seeing only plus 400 out there. So you can't do that. I, I thought that that could be a much, much longer number. I need 16 to 1. I mean, <sighs> I don't think that's an absurd statement. I think most yeah. people who like model this have them at like around like 10%. So, yeah, maybe less. Um, all right, let's wrap up uh, the games with Jets and Kings. Winnipeg's a plus 150 underdog in LA. Kings coming back at minus 180 and a total of six. Um, weird spot for both teams back to back for Winnipeg after playing at the Shark Tank on Tuesday night and Los Angeles coming back home after uh, a swing through uh, the continental part of the continent uh, where they had they set a record, then they lost a couple of games in. Uh, demoralizing fashion, I guess is fair to call it. The, the the first time they ever, the first time they gave up a game tying goal in the third period this season in, in a, an Islanders comeback win, and then the next night, uh, not so great effort for they looked gassed against the the Rangers, uh, who continue to, to to collect the the most scheduled wins on the season this season. I can't believe just how how many they get dealt. Um. No, Kyle Connor. That's my favorite thing to listen to fan bases argue about is their rivals' schedule because yeah, it's in exactly. Alberta, and now the Canucks fans are getting on it with the Oilers being like talking about how many scheduled wins they've had, even though it's versus like the Devils. Yeah. I just love it. It 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 does seem that the uh, the Metro teams are both the two out of the three point two. The Rangers is the ones that usually get the uh, benefit of the uh, of the doubt. Um, I think this is the first game we talked about Habs and Penguins, and then this one are just bears to handicap. I would lean uh, towards this one being tight, maybe going to overtime, sleepy, uh, goal, but schedules. There's a lot of variance, I think, that just to like wade through to get to a bet here. So, uh, Nick, uh, anything for you? Well, it's an interesting game if you're on like the whole, you know, kind of rivalry revenge spots because there's there's a huge trade and, you know, Navalardi's back after that was the last game versus... The Kings, he got injured, right? It yep. was who was it? Because he called that guy out after two didn't like the hit. Um, I think it's like an it's a really fun game. Like they're both playing super well, and they're both teams that we're really high on. Um, so I, I don't I think something like that, the back to back spot, a little more livable. Uh, I think we'll see a good matchup. The prices look pretty fair. Like we're you know we like the Jets. Um, so I, I think like the Kings are getting the right amount of credit here to be minus one eighty. So I don't really have a lot on that front. I think the Jets are an interesting team to watch in the prop market right now, which we kind of touched on. Um, Nick Ehlers could potentially be a guy to watch because he wasn't even getting power play minutes or not a lot of power play minutes with the top unit prior to the Connor absence. So I think that's something that's interesting. But 
I didn't really have a lot else after on this one. I think Dubois will be a sneaky popular play on the revenge angle, which I don't hate, but like he's on the third line. He's not playing very well. And he's, you know, it just feels like one of those things you're really reaching to try to get that angle going. So I don't know, maybe it's what he needs to wake up. But yeah, I, I thought the sides looked fair on this game. Yeah, the sides are LA's a little better. Home home ice, Winnipeg back to back with no Kyle Connor. I think that's like how how it got here. Perfectly acceptable line. If Winnipeg loses to San Jose, I might be interested in playing them. Um Yeah, or seeing where it goes. The Kings are so good though. I really rate them, even though they thoroughly disappointed me on Sunday. Um, well, look, they definitely they definitely went out and celebrated after Thursday night in Montreal. Like, I think we could probably probably yeah. say that's fair. And but now it's also tough when you do the first game back from the you know coast to coast trip. And so I don't And it's gonna be a close game, right? Like you don't want to go too too low like you don't want to go like you know getting minus 180 prices versus a team like the jets that have defended pretty well got a great goaltender like i think that's kind of just you know probably not then, profitable long term on the nhl really find better spots and la can uh can afford to lay a bit of an egg here because then they go uh seattle san jose seattle <laughs> fort seattle it does not hey, get seattle you know they're gonna wake up i hope <laughs> Or just Celebrini, I, uh, like, I guess. I feel like they play a top five team every night. <laughs> it does feel like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, every night. All right. Uh, let's take a quick look at uh, some of the awards races. We, we talked so much about the Jack Adams, so we'll park that one for, for this week. Um, but the one that I do want to start with here is the Vezina. Thatcher Demko is the consensus favorite. Um, he's plus 450 the next two guys are basically or three guys are basically hanging out between seven and eight to one uh, a couple guys then um, in like the 10 to one range Sorokin maybe he becomes interesting now that he's drifted a bit at 15 to one he's been playing well and and, and behind a pretty shaky de- defense you're gonna hear some people on uh, other podcasts talk about Connor Ingram he's now 22 to one don't think that that now is the time to to, to do that uh but there are, i think there are some some interesting n- names in this race that is open like Lo- logan thompson to me is a little interesting if 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 he gets some like a little bit more runway he's been playing so well for vegas um he's 50 to 1 he would he would just need to kind of wrestle the crease away from aiden hill who's, who's obviously had a good start and, and hill to his credit is 8 to 1 so he's all the way at the top um i also don't think a look at carter hart is terrible either if, if you're looking to punt on a long shot right now, um, just because I think the Flyers will eventually just decide, we're just going to go for it here. Let's go for broke and give Hart every chance to to play 50-ish games um, if they are going for it. So th- those are some thoughts. Saros is drifting again, and when he gets to his customary you know, 40 to 1 by February, we can all make our do- donation at that time to, to watch him finish third in the voting. So we, we still have time to wait on, on, on the juice. Um, Anything on uh, on this race here, Nick? I like the hard angle you threw out there. I think the things you want to consider, um, which is also what's going to be tough for Thompson, you did kind of allude to the situation there, but you want a guy who's a full-blown number one. Like, that is crucial to this race. And you want a guy on a team that defends really well and is going to finish high up the standings. Um, I think I threw this out there last week, right? But uh, 
over the last five or six years, I ran an average of where every player who got nominated was averaging and their teams were averaging, I think it was like below seventh place in the standings. So it really, and, and obviously if you're that good of a goaltender, you finish high in the race. So it's, you know, but I think that that's important. Carter Hart, 50 to one is one I like. He's a clear cut number one. He's going to get the most starts. Maybe they win a couple more games here. They're defending quite well. Like they really, the Flyers really have quite livable defensive metrics this season. So that's going to help him a lot if he can stabilize. He hasn't been bad at all either. It's not like he set himself like back in this race. And he, I think he has the potential to play as one right. of the best goalies in the world. Like I kind of ranked him right there with Demko when we we're entering the year, right? Which looks like one of our best calls from the preseason pods uh, as he's right up there. And then I like I like Demko. I don't know if I'd say like I I want to do it, but he's he's the number one on a team that's going to continue to defend well. So I think that's the case I love for him. You're kind of seeing the flip side of it with your guy Sorokin, uh, that he's really just kind of getting his numbers sewered by, or, or at least his public numbers sewered by the Isles middling defensive play. So I think that's tough for him. He could still get into it down the stretch. But yeah, I like Hart. I think Demko's interesting. Cam Talbot's really going to show how much to a team can matter because I don't think he's been that great. I think the Kings just help him more than any other team. So, yeah, I think that heart long shot's a fun one, though. Uh, I, I oh, just also, have oh, sorry, last note I'm going to throw out there quick. I actually reached out to have Lind to see if I could get odds on Lindgren in some places and didn't like any of the responses I got. He's out there at 50 to 1. Uh, maybe <laughs> 10 more games the way he's going, you could see if that number's still out there. I like, I think a lot of these numbers are, are pretty much right. Um, to me, the heart is the most interesting because McDavid's back as uh, the favorite here. And I think that the media is just going to love when Edmund, when you blink in Edmonton's like at the top of the Pacific. And that's just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, if I want, I want so bad to like Crosby 150 to one or like, but it's just, I feel like this is the narrative. Yeah. I it, You can almost double it up with McDavid at this point where if you want, if you bet him to win like the art Ross, you can, I think, cause I, I, I would say that if he wins the art Ross trophy this season, he's going to win the heart uh, trophy, which was not the case four weeks ago. Cause we talked about how he set his, a bar so high for himself but then with the the struggles for Edmonton and now he's he now he's got like he's conjured himself up a, a fun narrative that people could say we don't want to bet him every year he wins the Art Ross for scoring the most points in the league but in this case we got to do it he dragged Edmonton back into the fight and whatever so if you if you can find Art Ross odds out there and you like him there you should just take split your stake or or do both because you can hit like a fun little double but uh um, it's, it's crazy how this this I think in a month from now we're going to talk about how this race is over. I that's He's the thing. I was gonna, I was gonna say. Like, oh, sorry, Ty. I was. I think you could bet this. I almost just don't have the will in me to add, and you know what I mean. But like, yeah, he's out there plus three hundred. The way everyone's talking about this, it's like they know it's coming, and like, you know what I mean. Like, feel it feels like people almost think it's like fifty fifty. So I think like you could do it. Like plus three hundred is definitely livable. Um, it feels like he's got like at least a one in three chance already the way it's going where it's just like soon enough he'll be on top in points and everyone will know the game's best player is leading, you know, the Oilers to the the postseason. So I don't know. I just hate accepting it. We had such fun yeah. looks on other it guys. Fun. Going, 
It was fun. Yeah, it was. It was really fun. And, and that's why I moaned there because I have I have a pretty big like heart portfolio. And it's like, I just don't want to do, I don't want to add this at, at three to one, even though if you, so basically if you, if you haven't really bet the heart much or you don't have a lot invested in the heart, this is, it was genius by McDavid too. Like you said, Leboff, to recalibrate the expectations within yeah. a month, he was able to fully bring that hot, astronomically high bar right back down and then leap over it. Yep. And that's, that's how it happened. Well, and I'll throw Kale McCarr out there too is the one which is even worse because it's not one of our original guys, really. I wrote an article on this last year, not this year. Oh, I think I have him. I think I have he's, him. On the you did. You did give yeah. him out this year on the pod. Uh, he is absolutely dominating. Like, he's really carrying them. Um, I think he's kind of one to watch. Like his two-way play is pretty incredible. Then you get into the whole argument of what kind of a price does a defender deserve, though. I don't know. I think that's an interesting to watch. He's like the one name I'm looking like, I, I don't think you want to bet Panner in right now either. Like, he's, I get that he deserves to be in the conversation, but I just don't think he's going to hold and that people won't quite respect his case as much on like a pretty good Rangers team and with like more modest five on five play. Um, like, I think it's kind of like enough people would view it as who helps their team more, Makar or Panarin. And I mean, I, I like Artemi, but I, I think it's pretty obvious who most people would pick if they had to win a game tomorrow. And I think that kind of does factor into this. So, I don't know. I think it's McCarr, McDavid are probably the bets as of today. There you have it. Uh, another episode of Line Change in the books. We will be back on uh, Thursday morning to break down a busy slate in uh, the National Hockey League. Uh, so until then, best of luck with all your bets on Wednesday. Thank you to uh, producer Noah for all the hard work on the back end. Please rate, review, and subscribe and all that. Jazz for Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. Uh, Michael Lebuff, thank you once again. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.